I told the kids, I said, we were going to podcast today, and they saw it on the calendar, and they were excited, and I said, mostly it's because we want them to be able to listen to us tell them about themselves. When we're dead. When, well, uh, I didn't quite go that far. I just said when they're grown up. Like when they're adults, they can look back on their childhood and remember what they were like as kids in a way that's not pictures or even, I mean, videos are just capturing like a moment, but this is capturing more like who they were at this time. According to their parents. According to their parents. We have firsthand experience with this now because, you know, John passed away and we now have over 100 conversations that I've had with John recorded. And it's been quite a blessing to be able to revisit that relationship and his yeah who he is. So I guess by those conversations. That's why I said when we're dead. Saying when we're dead is not sad, I guess. It'll be nice to have a little piece of us that has to do with them. Yeah. To listen to. Lila did follow up with if they were ever going to be allowed on to talk on the show. Oh my goodness. Cuz <laughs> That's really where that conversation was going, is when do I get to be on it? Well, let's get in a groove first. You know, we've done four episodes in a year. Yeah, plus. maybe we'll just do special guest. So we actually <laughs> put down some tape, as they say in the business. I don't know who they are. I don't know if they actually say that, but it sounded cool. we got to yeah. put some down some tape. <laughs> <laughs> so let's put down some tape. What do you want to talk about today? It's been... Uh, I think it was a December last time we podcasted. So, I mean, you can't do a catch-up because there's too many things. Yeah. So, let's forget a catch-up and let's okay. just talk no about... Okay, no catch-up. I would like to talk about Fair Hills, honestly. Okay. Because this is like a part of our life now. Yeah. Fair Hills. Okay. Okay. What is it, Fair Hills Jared? is a resort, fairhillsresort.com. But it's not really a resort. It's, it's a family not, camp. It's not a resort in the way that Americans resort now. Yeah. I think it... It was at one time a resort. When you think of resort, you think of like massages and sitting by the beach. and Yeah, you just think of like all-inclusive Mexico vacation. Right. And that's not what this is. This is a Minnesota vacation. camp. In Minnesota. We just finished our third annual, although we skipped a year because of COVID. We skipped COVID year. Third time in four years we've gone. Right. As a family, of course. We had the, the second time I took the kids by myself. Because you had Hazel newborn. I sat a year out with a cranky newborn. Yeah, which was... Yeah, was and the first year that we went, I was pregnant with right. her. So this, w- this, this year was the first year that I was and fancy all free. in. <laughs> Belly flop contests and Belly all. Belly flops. What else? Uh, I would say torpedo rides, but you can go on the torpedo. Wakeboarding, skiing, pickleball. What else did you do? Can jam. <laughs> yeah, all the things... Trivia night. Apples to apples. All the things. Chocolate shakes, campfires, everything. Pretty cool. It was. <laughs> yeah. And we took the four. We just took the four oldest. older ones because we still sort of view this as the kind of vacation where we wanted to feel like our kids are going to camp, but in a supervised way. So it's not. We don't ship them off. We're not shipping them off to hang out with people. We're not really overnight. the kind of people that just ship our kids off anywhere. No, one of Lila's friends recently told her that her parents are so protective. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and I thought, you know what? I like that <laughs> because. So are you like a stereotypical helicopter mom? I'm not. Like I, I'm like rub some dirt on it. You but know, you're overprotective. 
I'm not most. protective in like germs or playground. I'm like, yeah, if you fall, you'll learn, you know. But when it comes to kids in situations where there could be predatory older people or adults, I'm very protective. So what was the context that Lila's friend told her that? We have decided not to let Lila have sleepovers in right. homes with, say, older brothers. Right. Or any adult unmarried men is kind of a general concept of this rule. Now that she's a teenager, we decided yeah. that it just seemed fitting that, you know, if she's going to be going over to someone's house and it's going to be a sleepover, that there probably shouldn't be other young men in that same house. And her friend just thought that was so overprotective, you know. Mm, I disagree with this Mostly friend. because this is one of the girls who has older brothers and wasn't able to have Lila sleep over. Gotcha. So she was like, that's so... She was scorned. Yeah, she couldn't have her friend spend that the night. Sense. And it's really not her fault. It's just that she had older brothers. She could come so stay she, at our place. Right. She could come over here. It just was a moment in which... I don't know if I've ever really thought of myself as an overprotective parent, but in the grand scheme of parents, I think I probably definitely yeah. fall into that category, considering we pretty much take everything into our own hands as far as the well-being of our children. Yeah. Well, I was a teenage boy once. <laughs> no. So I will say, as, as somebody who knows what it's like to be a teenage boy, when it comes to parenting a daughter who's around said boys... Better safe than sorry. Yeah. Because it just takes one one bad night, one desire that goes unchecked, whatever it is, to really do a lot of damage at once. Right. And you can't undo that, really. Right. Especially with someone maybe too young to necessarily protect themselves in those situations. Right. You know, which brings us back Vulnerable. to the camp situation. Yeah. You're basically putting your kids into a situation which it could go... Great. Could be some of the best memories they have as kids. But it also could be putting them in a situation with people you don't know in which something could happen that you could never recover from. Mm -hmm. And we've just made the decision based on the fact that it seems that these stories are more common than they used to be. Not going to do it. We're just not going to do it. We're just not going to so, do it. So we came up so with a solution. So when our kids go to camp, we go Family with Family camp. We just go with you to camp. <laughs> And surprisingly enough, our kids love it that way. They, they love it. look forward to this every year so much. And if they, they I think it. if we, we ask it. them, would you rather go to camp without us? Just you go to camp by yourself with friends and people you don't know, or go to Fair Hills all together. Mm -hmm. They would still choose Fair Hills. I think so. There's really no drawbacks to having your parents there. No, our kids actually like us. Yeah, weird. I think that might be symptomatic of homeschooling. Yeah, I do. I think the stereotypical homeschool mom is like kind of the old nun with the ruler, right? Like, uh, I hate my mom. She's teaching me all day. Here's why I think it's symptomatic of homeschooling. I also believe this about sibling relationships being better because yeah. of homeschooling is because, first of all, you have no choice but to work through the problems. There is no like... I'll be gone for eight hours and I'll see you at night for a little while and then we can just ignore it and wake up and do that again. You have no choice but to form some sort of relationship. You got to work through stuff. Yeah. And I think that when you do that day after day after day, 
You hate each other. <laughs> you actually go through those phases. You know, you do hate each other sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in the long run, you end up building a relationship that's based on something more than just how you felt that day. You know, it's a real You're talking about siblings. What? You're talking about siblings now. Yeah, but also your relationship with your parents, but mostly siblings when I was talking about that. I think siblings can learn how to have real relationships that way. And work through stuff that you'd otherwise be able to just ignore because you're not going to see them very much. Yeah, I mean, I think you could maybe just passively skate by without going, like, digging your heels in and getting into the nitty-gritty all the time. What about with your mom, though, specifically, the one who's schooling you because... You know, you were concerned for a while that Wes was not going to like you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right? Well, because our relationship probably when he was young, up until the age of eight, was probably 80%. I don't want to say discipline because it's not like it was, he was just being disciplined all day. But it did seem like it was mostly correction. And I just had that feeling like there weren't enough positive moments to create like a bond. Yeah. A relationship in which he would look back and think, I just love my mom. I just thought he's going to just grow up and move away and never want to be around me. Because I bring so much of this, like, don't do that to his life. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel that way anymore. What changed? He, well, first of all, he got saved. Which I think is a huge turning point in any, anybody's life. But I think for a child... It's that moment when they realize, first of all, that they're a sinner. And that if your kids understand that they have sin and that they are then deserving of that correction, yeah. that maturity, I think, even though they'll resist it day after day after day and hate the discipline and hate it, at the end of the day, they know you're right. And therefore, that maturity grows in appreciation for the person who's helping you through your sin. Mm-hmm. And helping you see it correctly. Yeah. And honestly, even though Wes probably is the child that required the most continuous discipline from me, especially at a young age, and maybe still, because he kind of just wears it on his sleeve so I can just see it, you know? Yeah. I feel like I have a relationship with him that is different even than the other kids, in a way that makes me think he gets it. He hates that I see it. You've been through more together, so there's a deeper Yeah, we've been through connection. a lot. And I think that's similar to the sibling thing. It's just like you, you go through that nitty-gritty stuff, and you work through it, and you dig in, and you don't give up and push it under the rug because you have no choice. I mean, I guess you have a choice, but it's harder to just sweep things under the rug Give your kid a snack and send him to school the next day. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. I mean, you have to be there with that child. Day in and day out. Yeah. And if they're a brat, I mean, I'm the one who's going to deal with that the next day, too. So I can't just give them a snack, turn on a show, and then send them to their teacher the next day because that's me, too. Right, you just send them to yourself. Right, so it's better to deal with it. It's better to work through that rough stuff. And I mean, even if you don't homeschool, I think it's better to work through those things. But you're probably more tempted if you're thinking like, I just need to get through this and tomorrow I can get away from this kid. Because sometimes that's really what you're... Well, you have way less QT. 
There's way less what? QT, quality time. And you can't manufacture quality time. This is one of my rants that I go on. You really can't. You, you really think can. you can. You cannot manufacture quality time. No matter how hard you try as a parent, you're not going to invent the perfect scenario and make your impact. It might be one of the biggest lies of parenting now is like your kid needs the next big event. Or like we're gonna bond at the zoo today. Sure. There's nothing wrong with the zoo. There's nothing wrong with taking your kid to the zoo, but like Or wanting to bond with them. <laughs> <laughs> what? Or wanting to bond with them. There's like nothing wrong distraction with that. in the events almost takes away from your chance to bond. And yet right. everybody's trying to find the next event to take their kids to or the next moment. And in our experience, the moments come when you least when expect you least them. Expect them. <laughs> right. Usually when you don't want them to come or you're not ready like for them. Like it's so late and you're tucking them in and they're like asking the best question that you've ever had. And you're like, you're like I just want you to go to bed. Yes and no. Right. Or sometimes the, the moments come and go and you didn't realize it was a moment until later when they're yeah. like, hey, remember when you said this? And I was like, no, I don't remember saying that, but apparently it was important and impactful to you. Yeah. So I do think that we try to manufacture quality time, like impact moments, teaching opportunities, and you can't do it. So the only thing you can control is the quantity of the time. For sure. And so optimize for quantity and then let the quality moments happen because you can't just like bat a thousand on quality. Yeah. You know, it's, you're going to have crappy. Well, we're really batting a thousand on quantity. <laughs> we are. That's what I'm saying. That's the... That's how I say you have so many opportunities, you know? So to, many, yeah. When you even vacation with your kids and they don't despise you. They want to they wanna go to camp with I you. Know, they want to camp with me. Although I still try to impress them by doing things like, hey guys, watch me wakeboard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool. Well, the funny thing was you and I went out on the boat together without the kids, but you made sure I videoed it and you didn't say like video this so it can go on Instagram and you're like video this so the kids can see me. Yeah. <laughs> think how i'm cool i mean not in a way that's like i want you to think i'm cool so not i'm like gonna like your best friend cool be your friend right like i'm not like i want to be the cool mom so let's have parties at my house not right. like that kind of cool mom but i want them to be like she's fun sometimes because <laughs> i'm not fun a lot of the you're time you're not all correction you're not all discipline you're right not all i want know. them to have memories of me that are like, we did that fun thing. Remember there. that time mom belly flopped at Fair Hills? <laughs> That's right. Like, all these people are around. All these people are watching. Which, hey, I mean, Ezra's full like, credit to me and you. Because we just flat out belly flopped in front of the entire camp. We did. Yeah. Just like went in. We just no did hesitation. it. Yeah. Why not? I think those are good moments because if you mix those in with the correction, like the correction is so necessary to make them... The kind of people that we're trying to raise. Like we need that part of life. But then when it's all that, and those are the memories, like I'm always correcting, I'm always teaching, I'm always... And then there aren't those mixed in like dance parties in the kitchen and belly flop contests. I just feel like I want there to be some of those too. I want there to be this... Sometimes mom just had a good time with us. And if you video those and don't video the discipline, right. then you can it's always work out just remember just the best, you know? <laughs> the rose-colored glasses really yeah. pay off. They do. Although now we're recording both sides. Yeah, but, and even in the recording, we're talking about how much fun you are. Yeah, so. that's true. Remember that You're belly fun. flop contest? Me? You're probably more fun than me normally. <laughs> I'm just naturally more fun. <laughs> 
No, the kids. Like, if they say, I really want a donut today, who should I ask? Dad. Right. Because I'm managing, like, every moment of every day. You so know their you calorie count just... by that point in the day. I what? You Like, you have their calories counted by I then. Do. You're like, you That's already ridiculous. have 1,300 calories today. I'm just kidding. I don't count our kids' calories for the record, but I do manage their sugar. So I guess in some ways, and that with could Lila, be considered a little bit. you have to constantly bit. be managing sugar intake. You what? With Lila, you have to manage sugar. I mean, we have kids that would just eat themselves sick. Every day. I, and I keep thinking the older they get, the more they're just going to like take this on and think, I feel bad. I shouldn't eat that much. But when we go to Fair Hills, we pretty much let them whatever you want eat what they want much. there. Because at home, we do not. Right. And they don't hold back. Well, it's also because it's like their opportunity it is to vacation, not hold so back. It's like, so they go crazy. I think but if that was like their, if that was their life, I think they would eventually stop. Maybe that's the experiment we need to have is just take a month and just let them manage. Nah. But I think it would go poorly. Yeah. Even today, here's a story. Okay. We had our very first co-op for our homeschool with Westners and Clough's cousins. And we all brought some snacks for lunch. And the treat was fruit snacks at the end. And, I mean, our kids all know one fruit snack is pretty much what I would expect. You know, one Bag. A of bag. Snacks. Oh, I one. thought you meant one fruit. Snack. <laughs> yeah, like one individual. Like, wow, gummy. you are harsh. <laughs> you get uh, one gummy no. bear. Okay, a bag of fruit snacks. You know, okay. they're individually per child. portion sized per one, kid. One for the six. Okay, one per one child. One per child. <laughs> and I, I, our kids know me pretty well. They know that that's the standard of, okay, you finish your lunch, go ahead. I didn't say, like, come ask me if you can have one. It was just, they know they can have one. Yeah. Well, I see Ezra just sort of like sneaking back to his table. He's kind of like his back's to me. He's like just kind of hiding. <laughs> He's looking at me. And Luke can see him, his other cousin. Mm-hmm. And Luke's looking at me like, your mom's watching. Your mom's watching. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, Ezra. What are you doing? Are you hiding something? And he's so guilty, you know, and he's mm-hmm. kind of smiling, but also like crap. Mm-hmm. So he turns around and he's got his second fruit snack in his hand and he's trying to hide it, you know, which immediately to me, like, obviously if he would have eaten a second fruit snack, I probably wouldn't have been quite as hard on him. But hiding it, then we have a real problem. Yeah. So the the, the level of deception got him some discipline. And then we're in the car on the way home and I, I went around the car and I was like, so guys, Ezra got in trouble today for taking two sne- fruit snacks and hiding them. And then I said, Lila, did you take two fruit snacks? And she said, yes. And I said, Lila, you know better. You're not supposed to just take two. And she's like, yeah, I know. She just did it anyway. And then I went to the next kid thinking, which one of these kids is actually? And Wesley, Wesley, did you take two fruit snacks? Yeah, I did. Okay. But I didn't know that it wasn't the rule. Oh, and he course. started telling me all the ways how it really wasn't his fault, which is, this is why Wesley gets so much instruction because mm-hmm. Lila says, yeah, Mr. I did. Defensive. I'm sorry. Right. Wesley says, yeah, I did. But I didn't know well, that I wasn't supposed to. to. Why I'm not actually Right. Guilty. Why this is actually not his fault right. and how it kind of, he's a victim 
of the two fruit snacks. It just happened to right. him. He couldn't have helped it. Yeah. And then he told me. He tripped and that second yeah, thing opened up and fell face. into his mouth. And then he said, oh, but Ollie had to. Ollie is Another cousin. seven. Right. Wesley's 12. So right. He, so, you know, he's blaming it on everyone. Everybody but himself. So now I'm just so disappointed that out of our children, the three that I've asked all have three. all taken two. And none of them asked me, Mom, can I have a second fruit snack? One of them lied about it, or one of them hid it and lied. Like Lila took it even though she knows better just because she figured She's 13. Mom's not going to know. Right. So did you move down the line? And then I asked Levi. And Levi said, no, I knew we were only supposed to have one. I was like, dang it. I mean, yay for Levi, but this happens a lot. Yeah. Because Levi has a conscience that he listens to. But then that became the conversation of the ride home, is the difference between Levi and all of you is not how much sin he has in his life. He has just as much sin in his life. But all of you have a conscience that you didn't listen to today. And Levi just listened to his conscience. Yeah. So everybody got punished but Levi. Which is the end of a lot of stories. A lot of stories, because that kid has a very tender conscience. Yeah. And And it really has saved him from a lot of things. Well, what about Nora? Well, I managed her lunch more because I was sitting with her. So she didn't have an opportunity. She didn't even have a chance. (laughs) I was like, here's your fruit snack. I'm throwing your plate away. (laughs) You know, at four, it's probably a little harder. She probably couldn't even reach him. But who knows? She probably would have had a conscience more like Levi because she's afraid of being in trouble. And Hazel would have been like, I'm going to eat five. Yeah. And then be really surprised when I'm in trouble. Yeah. Well, if I'm Wes and Ezra in that circumstance, which I can very easily get inside of each of their heads because I was a young boy and I had a lot of their problems. Yeah. I'm so sick of Levi at this point. I'm like, gosh. I know. I mean, and I want to not make him Levi seem like he's the good boy or like better than everybody. Yeah. But he does come out on top in a lot of the situations because yeah. he really does try to follow to do the, the right thing. Yeah. And, I mean, that can cause its own issues, but he's the middle boy of the three. And now these two are, like, always in trouble, and Levi's like, halo on his head. Mm -hmm. So trying to undo that dynamic, I think, can be hard. Whereas Wes sees his sin so clearly, I think Levi might struggle with that sometimes. Deceive that he is the good one. Right. Because he doesn't make the wrong decisions very often. And when you start to think about, about yourself that way, yeah, then you set yourself up for failure. Which man, that can that's actually a really tricky parenting thing. Because oh, yeah. you can't manufacture your kids' mistakes and then just be like, I'm gonna discipline you for this thing. I mean you have to find valid reason no, that for discipline. Be very good. You what? No, that wouldn't be good at all. No, I mean obviously. But you know your children That's called entrapment. <laughs> we do not do that. Set out but a fruit, if you know set the first deck out on Levi's nightstand. He what? Set a fruit stack back out on his <laughs> lights there. Like, just bait And then hide in the like... closet. Just wait for him to... Gosh, I still don't think he would do it. He would think Wes was trying to trap him into eating it. <laughs> and then he'd come and be like, Mom, I think Wesley wants me to eat more fruit snacks than I'm supposed to. He probably would. Plus, he's pretty smart, so he figures out stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that dynamic, I think, has made parenting a little bit tricky. Because even though I'm grateful for his conscience and for him doing the right thing... Knowing that 
in the long run, he could have a wrong perspective of himself before the Lord and an understanding of his own weaknesses because other people aren't pointing them out because he kind of flies under that radar. It can actually long-term be detrimental. Whereas Wes is on the flip side of that where he's super annoyed with how much correction he gets, but he's very aware of his issues. And he knows other people are as well. Yeah. Well, the Bible talks about that. It says some, some men's sins are manifest before all. Yeah. And some are in the darkness. Some are in secret. But they'll all be made manifest in the last days. So some people are Mr. Trouble, and they are trouble. And you got to deal with that trouble, right? It was right there staring you in the face. Right. But having dealt with it is better than not dealing with it. And so the sneaky, quiet, silent rebellion... Yeah. Silent stuff on the long term goes undealt with, and then it grows up and gets nasty. And so that's really the danger. Yeah. So I guess that's the challenge with a kid like Levi is actually paying close enough attention in the chaos to see the non-notice, the non-in-your-face sin. The you've been hiding this thing over a long period of time and I never knew it stuff, which as a parent can almost be more exhausting or at least equally because you have to pay so much attention to the non-squeaky wheel, which is easy to forget about. Right. Or use every opportunity. Whereas with somebody who's constantly defying you, you know, right. you pick your battles. But with somebody who's rarely defying you, every defiance must be battled, you know? Yeah. That was just kind of an interesting little picture into our children's personalities. Yeah, that's all pretty through. accurate. I was hoping you were going to say everybody ate those fruit snacks. So that would have been funnier. Well, I couldn't make the story perfect. <laughs> I couldn't it just make it happened perfect. the way it happened. But then I found out that pretty much I had a little bit of feel. I had some feelings afterwards because I found out that like some of the cousins' moms let them up too. Mm. They just that's a standard in their house so that they just do have to in their house. So not everybody was sneaking. It's just some kids are allowed to have to, and then and then on the other flip side, some of the cousins didn't get in trouble. As severely as I disciplined. Right. So I felt like, well, here I'm the mom with the strict rules and the harsh discipline. So you know what you have to do now, right? <laughs> Belly <up>. flop. 